Welcome to Over the Rainbow, a safe space and voice for all queer identities. I'm your host, Rachel Keithley, and I use she, her pronouns. Every other Wednesday, we bring you new episodes dedicated to queer education, representation, and activism. I always like my guests to introduce themselves, so do you want to go ahead? Hi, I'm Wanso, I use she, her pronouns, and um, I'm the founder slash director of Black UK, and I also do um, handle the digital media of Black UK as well. Amazing, and I'm super excited because we're going to be getting into that today, and we're going to be talking about Black queer spaces and more about the work you're doing with Black UK, but before we do, let's share something we've done this week to engage in queer education or activism. So do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, I remember Nick said no last time it made me laugh, but I'll go first. <laughs> go for it. Um, so yeah, I think this was yesterday, I think, actually, whilst I was working. Um, I listened to Tea Time Podcast. It's a great podcast about um, just trans, the trans experience in general, but specifically touching upon Black um, trans slash non-binary experience um, but yeah the host of Kaz and Cole and this specific episode was talking about um, I think it's called follow pasty <laughs> um, with somebody um, with Gabriel I think um, who was the person that has been through that experience and I thought it was just so interesting because in general um, there's not that many like ex- stories or um there's just such a lack of like representation with um, black trans people going through like medical procedures. So like to have that um, just out there, like in the open, like was quite just like, I was like, wow. Um, And plus in general, as a cis person, um, like I wouldn't come across those experiences. Um, Like my uh, my trans friends might talk to me about it if they are open to, but it's not really things that, you know, it's not really um, related to like my experience. So I thought it was quite important um, that I actually um, was engaging with that and actually learned something. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I'll link that podcast to the show notes because it is a really good one in terms of that representation of things that are just not spoken about. Cool. Well, for me, I'm going to big up a book that I read recently because I'm obsessed with it and can't stop thinking about (laughs) it. (laughs) But I recently read uh, The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. I don't know if you've ever read it. I don't know. I've never read it. (laughs) It's amazing. We're talking feminism, politics, queer romance and dragons. So it's just like, (laughs) yeah, it's like Game of Thrones, but just make it gay. Anyway, (laughs) if you haven't read it, everyone has to go read it because... I need to discuss it with people and let me know what you think so that's what I've done <laughs> cool I, I might read it too actually sounds like my thing <laughs> honestly it is really really good and she's just said that she's going to release a prequel to that story because it's like a whole entire year world mm. I guess so that's going to be out next year so I'm very excited <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get on with the show start with quite a basic but really important question and then we'll unpack it from there but how important are black queer spaces um 
wow yeah that's a question to be honest like I was just thinking like back to my experience and I think obviously the um they are very important but more so significantly I think they're necessary because like I think in my experience I only kind of felt like completely myself when I was in black queer spaces because you just exist as a person there's if there's no um you don't have to think about you know the many identities that you might have it's just kind of like hey that's so and so you know just doing their thing um, and I think that's important because I feel like in life a lot of black queer people kind of have to exist in a way that's um, like best based on other people's perceptions um, and that's it and that can um, be difficult at times because you know, you have a lot of people misconstruing your identity, you know, invalidating your black queerness um, or one or the other, depending on, who, you know, where you find yourself. So I think, you know, that's why, like, it's really important to have, like, black queer spaces um, just to just exist outside of, you know, um, just just exist as a person in, in all honesty. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. And I think that's something I spoke about with Nick, who you work with in Black, yeah. Black UK back on way back on season one. We spoke, we spoke about the fact that they discussed having to navigate if you're in a queer space, well, perhaps your blackness will mean that people will discriminate or marginalize, even if it's not super overt, there's that covert undercurrent as well. And then yeah. if you go into black spaces, it's then your queerness that stands out. And then that's something you have to navigate. And so having, I mean, I talk about it in my research, this intersectionality of identity, but having those multiple aspects of your identity that people mark as, in inverted commas, different, because obviously yeah. <laughs> everyone's different and that's fine. Um, but it's, it is really hard. And I think it's just an extra layer already added to the fact that people have to face marginalisation anyway. Yeah, so, definitely. I want to unpack that a bit. So what challenges do Black queer people face? I think most recently, um, especially coming out of COVID, it's definitely been mental health. Um, personally, in my life, personally, in, um, in my friends' lives, like mental health has just been such a difficult thing. And I think particularly because like, <clears throat> especially after, oh, sorry, especially during COVID, but after COVID, you, um, I kind of realized like wow there's literally such a lack of support for um, black queer people in terms of like having mental mental health services that actually understand what black queer people go through or in terms of just like um, your, your support systems can you know like I found a lot of my friends couldn't really like talk to their uh, family in particular because they won't understand and sometimes Oh, not even sometimes. A lot of the times you find that um, in a lot of Black queer people's lives, um, family is such a, a complicated <laughs> um, situation because that is often a place where certain um, types of violence comes from as well. So it was quite, um, yeah, it's been like such a difficult uh, experience for Black queer people because there's just such a lack of support systematically, personally, socially, even medically. Um, so yeah, I just it's a lot to be honest. But um, I think it's getting better because, for example, there's organisations like um, the Black Trans Foundation, which I think started maybe a year ago now. But that's such a like a niche 
um, organization, but it's actually like so vital because to my knowledge, since they started, they, there wasn't any black, like trans um, organizations that specifically helped black trans people through like mental health or like, um, you know, just like the psychological aspects of um, um, what's it called? Like just being black and trans. So I think that's been like a nice thing coming out of COVID and just um, getting used to like the normal things to have like organizations like that that are doing the work. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think what you said about there being a lack of resources is, is so true. It's something that I try to do as often as I can every Saturday, depending on how busy I am. I like to share <laughs> different sort of resources. And I remember doing something about like black queer mental health support and it was really hard to find and it was like the odd one or two which is obviously amazing the work they're doing but it shouldn't be that you have to dig really hard to find these places this should just be accessible to everyone so like you said the work the Black Trans Foundation are doing is amazing. Definitely yeah and I was um, that was the thing as well it's like a lot of these organizations such as Black UK they're all community-led and that shouldn't be the case they should be within our systems it should be accessible in the NHS, for example, like we shouldn't have to be doing the work. And I think that's even such a, um, there's even like another layer to that because a lot of the people who lead organizations like those are often people who are dealing with an a plethora of like mental health issues. So, you know, when you find like, for example, myself, like uh, when you have to go, when you have to deal with like those mental health issues, but also have to, like be there for your community it can be such a like complex thing and um that's why I feel like you find a lot of community leaders end up in like burnout um, and can't continue the work <laughs> the work that really they shouldn't even be doing at this um in the first instance yeah that is such a good point actually I've never really even considered that the fact that because there's nothing out there you feel like well we need something so I'm gonna have to create it which yeah. is which is amazing for what you are doing and what others like you are doing. But like you said, it it's not your responsibility. You should be having that help available to you, not having to create it for yourself just because the wider system and society has overlooked you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> it is what it is kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Well, I do. I want to make this a little bit more positive because obviously we've already mentioned Black UK and we will explore what you do more in a moment. But you've mentioned the Black Trans Foundation as well. But what other services and support are is there that's available for Black queer folk? Well, the organisations that I know are particular because I I think you often find in the UK specifically there isn't um, there isn't uh, services basically just to be frank that. Um, that are more like mainstream anyway that uh, black trans uh, sorry black queer people can like go to so um, most of the time it's like community-led like I said um, but just to name a few um, obviously there's a black trans foundation there's UK black pride who um, I'm sure many people have been to but they also do a lot of advocacy and campaigning as well um, those does exist loudly as well who I think this loudly is run by Tanya Compass, um, and they do a really good job of making sure that um, Black queer young people specifically, like have, um, in London specifically, but also like outside of London, um, have that space to just like be themselves and 
um, I think the one thing that I really like about Exist Loudly is, is that they use Black queer young people within the work that they do. So um, it's very much like led by them. It's not, it's not you know, <laughs> a group of directors and trustees telling, um, you know, like making up things that don't relate to like the community they should be uh, working for. So that's why I really like that organization. Um, there's also gendered intelligence. So I think even though they um, holistically, um, you know, um, are a, a charity for just trans non-binary people, um, they also have provided like a very important space for black trans people. And a lot of my friends actually go to them or worked with them. So I think that's another place, but they, um, that like queer, black queer people can go to as well uh, in terms of like more services. Um, yeah, I think that's like a nice little list. <laughs> I think that's a great list and I think particularly I know a lot of the people that work with UK Black Pride and just the work they're doing is phenomenal and I've seen yeah. the plans they've got for Pride this year so if you're not in London <laughs> get yourself to London is all I can say <laughs> yeah no an amazing list and obviously we will link all of these to the show notes as well for people to check out um but now let's get into what you do at Black UK because I I came across the work of Black UK when I met Nick, who's also the, I want to say the liberations officer. I think that's the right the right phrase. I should have fact-checked that <laughs> at my university, at the University of Leicester. So that's how we sort of connected. Oh, then right, I see. Found out about Black UK and just thought it was absolutely amazing. So how did you come up with the concept? What do you do? Um, right, so Black UK is a Black queer organization for young people specifically ages 18 to 25 um we essentially offer black queer young people just a space to be themselves like we have social events um typically they are monthly but at the moment we are on break so but watch the space um we also do um educational panels we we have started to do a bit more um advocacy or consulting as well um, but anything basically related to just being black and queer as and a young person in the UK that's what kind of what we do um, and black UK came about um, I was trying to think so I think we've been running at least maybe for two years now and this was yeah it was during COVID actually and um, it was around the time a uh, trigger warning <laughs> I'll mention um, so I'm trying to think like what the relevant trigger warning like, uh, violence would say. Um, well, this was around the time that like, George Floyd had been murdered. Um, so like in the UK specifically, there was a lot of uh, black organizations just coming up, you know, um, for example, there was all, all Black Lives Matter was specifically campaigning for, um, uh, you know, the police brutality or, uh, within the UK and also in light of the situation in America. So that kind of basically inspired me to kind of start Black UK because I thought that there wasn't really a space for Black queer young people at all in the UK. There was a lot of cutie box spaces. Uh, if you don't know what cutie box means, it stands for queer, trans, intersex people of colour, but there wasn't specifically Black queer spaces, which I thought um, was necessary because um, as we kind of talked about, um, a lot of even within cutie box spaces, black queer people aren't, um, you know, don't face zero discrimination the, um, from other people of color. So that was kind of this, the place that I was in 
um, is that black queer people needed, uh, black queer young people needed just a space to just kind of like figure ourselves out and just talk to another and just socialize. Um, and yeah, that's basically it, where, where it came about. But um, it's, been, it's been great so far, <laughs> but difficult. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can imagine it's been a, re- I mean, it is a challenge to build anything from the ground up, isn't it? And knowing that it's so needed, but I think just the age group as well is really important because there's so many youth organisations that focus on under 18s. Obviously, there's, but there's probably also the problems of having a lack of black queer young youth organisations, but typically you can find support for under 18s. But then when you get to that period of like 18 to 25, it's kind of like you're on your own. And I always feel like that's a really important time. Like a lot of people are going to university or moving out of their parents' house for the first time. You're in that transition period. Perhaps it's also, I mean, it was that was during the time that I was figuring out my identity was between the ages of sort of 20 to 23 for me. And it's like to not have that space or that support, whether it's social or a bit more official in terms of like counseling and mental health support, it's really scary to have to go through that alone. So the fact that you saw that gap and have filled it is just so important. Yeah, definitely. I, like, I couldn't agree more. That was actually one of the points why I even started Black UK is because um, as well, like when, yeah, those organisations are, are either, yeah, under 18s or like 25 plus, like a slight, um, slightly a bit older, um, like they are often not even, yeah, like um, there's there's so many of them that is like yeah that demographic um, gets left behind, um, especially just black queer young people um, get left behind, you know, quite often. So I thought you know Black UK could be that space, um, and even the even the organisations that do do work for eighteen to twenty five year olds are often led by older people, which is what I found is can be a challenge because um, oftentimes like there's not that relatability of what um, that age group is actually going through. So yeah, it's, I guess it kind of like all tied within each, um, it all worked out in the end, basically. Yeah. And I love that you do like social events too. It's not just about having to sit down and be like, look at all the things that are wrong with the world, which is obviously unbelievably important and we need to be doing that. But also, like you said, right at the beginning, we just need that space to be able to just be ourselves and, for once our queerness or our blackness or whatever else it is, is not at the forefront of people's minds. It's our interests and the things we have in common. Yeah, um, literally, I, I think as well, because it was during COVID, there was such an emphasis on trauma, specifically black trauma. So it was kind of like, you know, when everyone's mental health is literally down spiraling, you don't really want to think about or the you don't really want to think about how oppressed you are basically um so you know yeah it was quite like important when I like was like planning how I wanted the organization to look that like just enjoyment at the end of the day was like one of like the fabrics of Black UK and I think we've did we've done quite well to kind of like um you know not emphasize like the difficulties of our experiences so much um, because at the end of the day, there's other organizations that have the expertise to like support that area. I feel like when people like want to like start something up, there's always like an emphasis that we need to do something political, we need to do advocacy, we need to like do campaigning, but sometimes just like do something that's fun, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think you can't even do that campaigning on that advocacy if your mental health's not in a place to do it. So you need that fun stuff too. Amazing. So I guess this is a two-part question, but where can the listeners find Black UK and also how can they support the work that you do? Um, I think currently, um, well, let me start off with socials because that's an easy thing to plug, but you can find us um, on Instagram and Twitter at Black UK. Um, if you look at our link tree as well in our bio, it kind of shows like um, past events, but also other social media details. Um, and we do have a website as well, and that would be in the, in the link tree in our bio. Um, in terms of like supporting our work, I think word of mouth is actually really powerful. So, I mean, you might not necessarily be black and queer um, or be a black queer young person, but like if you know people that might benefit from the work that we do um, or the space that we provide, then just definitely just sharing our socials around, um, talking about, I don't know, maybe you could be at work <laughs> talking about the work that we do, I don't know. Uh, stuff like that is really important. Um, I think uh, during the summer, we'll have a couple of projects coming up and there'll be different ways in which people can support. So um, just keeping an eye on our social media as well would be quite helpful for when that time does arise. Um, I think also, what do we do? It's quite an interesting question because there's so many ways <laughs> that you could support. Um, I think at times as well, we do... Um, our social spaces we do host um events that are, are open to allies as well if you are ally um i say like when you come um obviously like you are welcome but i think just in general just like remembering that you're in a black queer space and um <laughs> you know respecting that space as it is because I've, I've heard a lot of i have heard recently that there's been um just a lot of like abuse in within black queer spaces from allies and that's obviously not a great thing if you're coming to our events because you you will be kicked out to keep it short and sweet so i think just respecting the space and also having a great time um because you know that's that's the whole point at the end of the day but yeah that's it really <laughs> yeah no i think that's great and if there's any events i can turn up to i absolutely will turn hey, up more than welcome Rachel. yeah <laughs> amazing thank you all right and let's finish this is something i like to do just because i'm all about the resources but can you share a queer show book no artist resource anything that you'd like to plug um i'd actually like to plug um noir narrative which are I don't know where they're actually based, I want to say Leeds, but they are another Black queer organisation, but specifically in the North. Um, and I think that's important as well, because that's why I made Black UK, to kind of um, put a balance towards like the organisation, the Black, um, or just the LGBT organisations in general that weren't, that were predominantly down south or in London. I think it's important that we highlight um, organisations in the North that are doing the work as well. Because, yeah, there's just such a lack of support, <laughs> I think, in the north of England or just, you know, um, in those regions. So, yeah, definitely check out Noir Narrative. And they do mostly do social events, I think. But um, you can find them on Instagram. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out because I live like 30 minutes from Leeds. So that is perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that the north has a problem. So it's great to hear that there are people doing the work. Well, thank you so much for today. I think this has been a really important conversation and I've been excited to find out more about where Black UK started. So keep it up. Thank you. <laughs>
no no worries it was such a pleasure to be here honestly and just facilitating the space because yeah i've listened to a couple of your episodes and i'm just like wow <laughs> you're doing great <laughs> oh thank you that's really kind thank you so much for listening today new episodes are available every other wednesday so please do download share and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing our topics are designed to be engaging so if you have any questions or feedback please do get in touch you can find us on Instagram at underscore over the rainbow podcast, Facebook at over the rainbow podcast 13 and Twitter at over rainbow pod. We also have a queer book club reading the rainbow. So if you want to join us in reading the queer universe, please check out our Facebook page for more information. Have a queer week and I'll see you over the rainbow. <laughs>